Thank you. Thank you very much. In 1912, when the Titanic sailed, everybody called it unsinkable. You see, the Titanic was using new technology at the time, and the new technology was to take the hull of the ship and to divide it into sections. Here's another pick during construction. You see 16 separate compartments with watertight doors. So the idea was that a few of the compartments could be damaged, even flooded, and still the ship would continue to float. But as we all know, the Titanic sank, and 1,522 people lost their lives. James Cameron, who's the producer of the big Hollywood blockbuster movie, The Titanic, he said this, The Titanic is a metaphor of life. We're all on the Titanic. He's saying that our lives are a lot like the Titanic because we think that we can take our lives and divide it into little sections as well. We say, well... Here's my work life. Here's my home life. Here's my social life. Here's my church life. And that if we put them into compartments, then it's okay if one gets flooded. It's okay if one has a little bit of sin in it. If it has some questionable activity, it's not going to sink the whole ship. But that is a titanic mistake. You see, when the integrity of the hull of the Titanic was damaged, the ship was doomed. It sank because its integrity was damaged. Now here's the definition of integrity. It's the quality or state of being complete or undivided or incorruptible. Now, wherever you are on your spiritual journey, this should be important to you. I mean, you, it seems like you would want that to apply to your life. But as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are called to honor God in every area of our lives. That's our integrity. And if you think that what you do over here, in this part, in this section of your life, has no bearing on this part or this section, man, you're wrong. You are absolutely wrong. We cannot believe and do something over here and then believe and do something else over here. It contradicts itself. I mean, either you believe something or you don't. You see, integrity is living a way that honors God all across the board. It's being the same person here as you are here. Integrity means you are the same no matter where you're at and no matter who you're with. 
Well, now that I've explained what integrity is, I want to give you three reasons why it matters so much, why it's so important to have. Then I'm going to give you a challenge today. I'm going to give you three things I'm going to challenge you to do. If you want to be a person that lives a life of integrity. So why integrity matters so much? The first reason, it pleases God. If you're following along on the fill-in or on the app, it pleases God. You see, that's the first reason why you need to live a life of integrity. Proverbs 3, verse 22 says, The Lord detests people with crooked hearts, but He delights in those who have integrity. So God delights in the quality of being honest, having moral character, moral uprightness. He delights in it. But it says God detests deception. He detests crooked hearts. Why? Because it devours and it distorts us. It keeps us from becoming all that God meant for us to be. And I know that people love to rationalize everything. Well, why does it matter? No one will ever know. You know, I can do this little indulgence. I can take this little step of dishonesty. It's really not a big deal. I can cut this corner. I mean, no one will ever know, right? But God will. Friends, He's the only audience you really need to care about. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth. So He's watching every move of your life. He watches your every breath. He sees every beat of your heart. Man, even if no one else will ever find out, you need to live with integrity because God cares. Because it pleases Him. Because His Word says He delights in it. Second reason why integrity is important because it affects others. It affects others. It affects the people around you. Whether you choose to live with integrity or you choose to live with a lack of integrity, your choice is going to influence and it is going to affect people around you. And the first place it's going to affect is your home. It's going to affect your home. Proverbs 20, verse 7 says, A good man leads a life of integrity and his children are blessed. I have this on my nightstand. I'm reminded of it as I start my day. I'm reminded of it as I end my day. I have a clock with this verse in my family room because it's important to me. Here's another translation. It says, Good people who live honest lives will be a blessing to their children. Do you want to be a blessing to your children? And live with integrity. You know, as parents, as grandparents, we are the first glimpse of Jesus Christ that our kids or our grandkids see. I mean, it is up to us to be able to, to plant that seed, to show by our actions, to show by the way that we speak that we're a family that follows Christ. We don't just send your family to church, you, you lead your family to church. 
You gotta teach them the right way to do things. You gotta show them the proper way. For you men in here, you fathers, man, be the kind of man that you would want your son to become. You show them what a person of integrity looks like. Model it for them. Honest. Trustworthy. Show them how a man of Christ acts. You show them how a man of Christ talks. You know what? You show them how to treat a lady. Be the kind of man that you would want your daughter to marry. You know, girls seek out Men that are like their fathers. Is this a good thing for you? Or is it a bad thing? Man, show her how she should be treated. You know, maybe I'm old-fashioned a little bit, but I think you show her at a young age that a gentleman opens the car door for her. That this is what she needs to expect. Because she is special. Because she deserves that. She deserves the absolute best and she will get that from a man who puts Christ first in his life. And I'm telling you, your integrity or your lack of integrity impacts your family. And not only does it impact your family, it affects the people around you the people you work with, your world that's around you. Proverbs 11, verse 11 says, the influence of good people make a city great. Man, our country is desperate for men and women of integrity. People who live the way that God intends for us to live. And see, the Bible tells us that when you, as a believer... Live with integrity, it brings other people to Christ. It moves other people to the message of Christ. You become a witness to the world. 1 Peter 2 verse 12 says, People who do not believe are living all around you, so live good lives. Then they will see the good things you do, and they will give glory to God. So why does integrity matter? It pleases God. It affects others. And the third reason it's important, it blesses you. It blesses you. You know, the Bible is full of the benefits of living with integrity. Proverbs 11, verses 5 and 6 from the message says this, Moral character makes for smooth traveling. An evil life is a hard life. Good character is the best insurance. It's saying that your life's going to be easier. Your life is going to be smoother if you live with integrity. Mark Twain talking about this idea. He said one of the things about integrity is you don't have to have a long memory. Meaning, you don't have to try to remember what you said to whom. You don't have to try to cover your tracks. You don't have to pose for people all the time. Because the problem is when we're posing all the time, sometimes we forget to pose. And then we get in trouble. He says with integrity, 
you don't have to have a good memory because you know that you've always told the truth and that that makes life easier. In the 1940s, there was a man named Frank Zemanski who played for Notre Dame. And Frank got called as a witness in a civil suit in South Bend. And the judge asked him, he said, are you on the Notre Dame football team this year? Yes, Your Honor, Frank replied. What position? The judge asked. Sinner, Your Honor. Well, how good a sinner? Asked the judge. Zemanski kind of squirmed in his seat a little bit, but he said firmly, he said, Sir, he said, I'm the best sinner Notre Dame has ever had. Well, Coach Frank Leahy, who was also in the courtroom, he was a little surprised. He was kind of taken aback some because Zemanski has always been just a very modest and, and unassuming guy. So when the proceedings were over, he took Zemanski aside and he asked why he made such a bold statement. And Zemanski, he kind of blushed and he said, I hated to do it, coach, but after all, I was under oath. <laughs> you see, there is a boldness in your life when you live with integrity. It produces confidence. Proverbs 10 verse 9 says, People with integrity have a firm footing, but those who follow crooked paths will slip and fall. So when you've got nothing to hide, you're not afraid of anybody. You are who you say you are. You know what you've done. You know what you're doing now. You know what you're going to do. Your footing is sure. Okay, so now we know what integrity is. It's being undivided. It's complete. In every part of our life, we know the benefits of having integrity. It pleases God, it affects others, it blesses you. Now let's find out how we can live with integrity. Here's the three challenges for today. These are the three things to do to help you be a person that lives a life of integrity. And the first thing is this. You always speak the truth. You always speak the truth. Proverbs 12, verse 22, and I use the King James Version of this. It says, Lying lips are abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are His delight. Do you keep your word? I mean, do you keep your promises? You guys ever notice that some people have really big butts? You ever notice that? They say, I wanted to, but I was going to do that, but... You know the Bible says that God loves people who keep their word. 
And the thing is, if you don't keep your words, you're never going to have great relationships because integrity is the basis of all great relationships because truth and trust, they go together. If I don't tell you the truth, you don't trust me. And if you don't trust me, then we don't have a very good relationship. Single people, I'm going to give you some advice that may not make me very popular. But, I guarantee that it can save you a lot of hurt. I guarantee that it could save you a lot of struggle. And it's this. Before you get married, you check out, does that person have character? Does that person have character? Are they who they say they are? Or is, is your friends and family, is people starting to raise red flags? Are they who they say they are? Do they have character? Heck, perv on their Facebook. You can tell a lot from a person on what they put on Facebook. And I think you can tell a lot by a person by how dogs react to them. For example, if the canine police dog is biting them, they may not be ideal for you, okay? But seriously, check if they have character. You don't just focus on their outside. You don't just focus on how pretty they are. Do they have integrity? And if they don't, it's going to be a bumpy ride. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Relationships are built on integrity. Ephesians 4 verse 15 says, Let our lives lovingly express the truth in all things, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly. And the Bible says, the Bible says that the truth sets us free. And I'm telling you, if someone is dishonest about little things, they will be dishonest about big things. You don't marry somebody like that. You don't hire somebody like that. If they will lie for you, they will lie to you. Bam! Get rid of them. You either speak the truth or you don't. There was a young boy. He lived in the country. And his family had to use an outhouse, which the young boy hated. I mean, it was always hot in the summer. It was freezing in the wintertime. It was always smelly. Well, the outhouse was located near the creek, so the boy decided that he would just push it in the water. So after a spring rain, the creek swelled all up, and the boy just went out and bam, pushed it in. Well, later that night, his dad told him that he and the boy needed to make a trip to the woodshed. I think some of you know what that means. The boy meant, he knew what it meant, it meant punishment. And he asked his father, he said, well, why? To which his dad replied, because someone pushed the outhouse into the creek, and I think that someone was you. Was it? The boy responded that, it was. 
And then he added, Remember when George Washington's father asked him if he had chopped down the cherry tree? And he didn't get into trouble because he told the truth. Well, that's correct, the dad said. But his father was not in the cherry tree when he cut it down. You know, if you're going to live with integrity, you always have to speak the truth. Always. Even when it's inconvenient. Even when you don't want to. Even when you know it's going to get you into trouble, that it's going to make a situation difficult for you. You must speak the truth. Second challenge, second way to live with integrity, you stand for what's right. You stand for what's right. You know, standing is often more than just speaking up about something. I mean, it often involves action. Sometimes you have to do something because integrity demands for you to take action. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 8 says, Our responsibility is never to oppose the truth, but to stand for the truth at all times. You know, I think something that people struggle with today is standing for the truth. You know, I think that there's a lot of people that's willing to stand up for their rights, and they're willing to speak up about their rights, but very few people want to stand up for the truth and say when they firmly believe something that this is wrong. Even Christians. Man, Christians are, they get embarrassed, they get hesitant, and they think, you know, the cat's got their tongue, they're afraid to speak up, they're afraid if they say something then somebody's going to think they're shallow-minded. Somebody's going to think that they're being judgmental or they're a bigot. So they just remain silent. You know, if you want to be a person of integrity, there's going to be times in your life when you believe something and you are willing to stand up and you're willing to speak about it and just say, hey, this isn't right. James, who was Jesus' brother, said this in James 4, verse 17, when a person knows the right thing to do but doesn't do it, then he is sinning. Man, that's some powerful Scripture right there. That's some heart-cutting Scripture. Edmund Burke, who was an old Irish statesman, and he was a philosopher, he once said, all that's necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. So speak the truth and stand for what you believe is right. Third thing we must do, if we want to live with integrity... It's stay clean. Stay clean, which means keep your mind, keep your body, and keep your motives pure. Philippians 2, verse 15 says, You're to live clean, innocent lives as children of God in a dark world full of crooked and perverse people. Let your lives shine brightly before them. So how do you stay clean? 
I mean, how do, how do you have integrity when everyone around you may seem to be cutting corners? When other people seem to be looking for the easy deal, the easy way out. When people around you couldn't care less about your character. How are you to stay clean? Well, I think who you spend time with is a factor. I think who you spend time with is important. Are you spending time with God? I mean, are you really spending time with God? And I don't mean an hour on Sunday. I mean spending time with God. You know, we make time for whatever is important to us. We make time for that. Some people, each night, they got to watch certain shows every night, so they make time. They get in their chair, they make time for it. Other people make time for all the social media stuff during the day or night, and they're constantly on Facebook or Twitter. But yet, so many of us don't make time for the most important relationship that matters. Man, are you spending time with God? Are you, are you reading His Word? Are you getting quiet? Are you talking to God? Are you listening to God? You're going to become more like Him the more you spend time with Him. And nobody lived a greater life of integrity than Jesus. And what kind of friends do you have around you? Again, you become like the people that you spend time with. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33 says, Bad company corrupts good character. It's not talking about the band, bad company. It's talking about who you spend time with. If you run with the dogs, you get the fleas. A person who has nothing to lose will help you lose everything you've ever worked for. It's true. And I'm not talking about the people that you're reaching out to. I'm not talking about people that you're mentoring and you're doing this. And I'm talking about your inner circle, the people that influence you. You have to choose your company wisely. You choose your friends wisely because they will either pull you up or they will pull you down. And it is much easier to pull someone down than it is to pull someone up. If you walked up here to the stage, it would be easier for you if you extended your hand to pull me down than for me to pull you up. You need to surround yourselves with people on the up. That's why being in a, a small group is so important. Especially here at the JAR, it's such a positive thing because it gets you around people that want the same goals as you. They want to be able to honor Christ. They want to be able to grow. And if you're not in a small group and you want to be, everybody got a card in your chairs or online and there is a little black box or a little blue box actually up in the top. Just check that box and someone will be 
getting with you from the church and you just put it in the, the little wooden boxes as you're leaving. If you're online for the live stream people, they are putting a link on there for you. But you need to get in a small group. It's going to help you grow. It's going to give you your best chance to be able to stay clean because who you spend time with is important. You know, another way to help you stay clean is you watch what you consume. Watch what you consume. The Titanic didn't sink because of the water around it. It sank because of the water that got in it. And you need to watch what you consume because what goes in has a lot to do with what comes out. In other words, you've got to filter what you allow into your mind. You can't just allow any idea, any thought, any book, any movie, any website into your mind like it's just some open garbage container. To be a person of integrity, you have to watch what you consume. Proverbs 15 verse 14 says, The wise person is hungry for the truth, but the fool feeds on trash. Man, there's a lot of trash out there. There's a lot of trash and it's foolish to think that you can fill your mind with trash and then expect your thoughts and your behaviors to honor God because it's going to affect that. It's going to impact that. Psalm 101 verses 2 and 3 say, I will lead a life of integrity in my own home. I will refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. And we all have heard the excuses, right? I get it for the articles. It's not that big of a deal. Everybody's doing it. If you have to rationalize something, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Or seeing it. Or saying it. If you want to be a person that lives a life of integrity, you have to care about the small things in life. You have to. You have to care about the things in your private life that no one else sees. Because integrity is what you are when no one's looking. Integrity is who you are in the dark. And it's easy when everyone's watching. It's easy when the spotlight's on us because we know how to act. Like I said earlier, we can pose. It's what we do when that spotlight is off of us that matters. Man, that's character. That's integrity. I just think that America is like desperately in need of men and women of integrity. That aren't afraid to speak the truth. That aren't afraid to stand up for what's right. To say, you know what, I don't have to do what everyone else is doing. I don't have to accept what the world says is right. You see, when you 
conduct yourselves with integrity and you're honoring God no matter what situation you're put in, people see it. Man, people see it and not only do they see it, they start to want it. They say, man, I want what that person's got. You reach more people for Christ by how you live than by how you speak. And you know, Christians always say, always be ready to give your testimony. I say your integrity is your testimony. And man, you're giving it. You're giving it at home. And you're giving it at work. And you're giving it in your schools. The things you do, the way you act, you're being a witness to the world. Your actions are moving people to the message of Christ. That's your testimony. That's how you honor God. And that's how you live a life of integrity. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Well, dear God, we just uh, come before you this morning. God, we are thankful for your word. Thankful for you being able to speak into our speak into our hearts, God. God, we desire to be people of integrity. God, we desire to be able to please you. We want to influence others for good, but we know we need your help, God. We're not strong enough by ourselves. We need your power for us to be able to do this. And God, forgive us for those times that we've shaded the truth. Forgive us for those times that we've compromised. Forgive us for those times that we've been silent when we should have spoken up. When we knew we should have stood up. God, forgive us for compartmentalizing things, sections of our lives. Help us to live with integrity. Help us to stay clean, God, by spending time with You, by choosing the right friends and by watching what we consume and watching what we take in. May we point people to You. May we glorify You by living our lives with integrity. And God, if there's anyone here or that's listening on the live stream, that's never made the decision to accept Jesus into their lives, and you're calling them to do so. Maybe, God, you're putting it on their hearts as you did mine, God, 16 years ago to this very day on Palm Sunday, one week before Easter, when I repeated this same prayer from Pastor Chris that I'm getting ready to lead. So for whoever's feeling called, you can speak this out loud, you can speak it in your heart, or we can all speak it together like Pastor Chris likes to do. But if you're ready to seal your salvation, if you're ready to have your name written in the book of life, repeat after me, Dear God, I admit that I am a sinner and I ask for forgiveness for the things I've done. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and was raised to bring me new life. I confess Him now as my Lord and Savior. 
I commit my life to Him. I welcome the Holy Spirit into my life to guide me from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, let's give a hand for anybody that said that for the first time. I want to welcome you to the family.